0: We are on the cusp of a major social change do you feel it even if you don't make no mistake change is coming and it is going to be unforgettable i'm your host dr sarah hart and here on prime spark where we work with and on behalf of women over 55 i want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward reflect your gifts to the world and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, I'm Sarah Hart, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm so glad you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going. Now. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Karen Roberts, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Karen Marie Roberts received an MS degree in human development after being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 1990. Her interests moved from alternative healing to gerontology and stages of aging. In graduate school, this became a concentration in creative longevity and phenomenology. Prior to this, Karen was a director of research for a French investment firm in New York City. She attended Wellesley College, UC Berkeley, and Fielding Graduate School. She also is the author of the newly published The Blossoming of Women, a workbook on growing from older, to Elder. Welcome, Karen. I'm so happy you're here with us today.
1: I am too. Thank you so much for fitting me in.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I'm happy about this. So I love your book, Karen. I think it's one of the most beautiful books I've held in my hands recently, and also very provocative and helpful. So thank you for writing it and getting it out to us. Why did you title it The Blossoming of Women? Uh The
1: Blossoming is a period of life in older age that usually is not seen as a blossoming time. We're usually seen as women, especially, fading. But that's not what happens. We have decades of growth ahead of us after 50. It's a new stage of development, if you will. I think that blossoming encompasses a whole concept of the book of women finding a new direction or new inspiration and thereby becoming free. We're so constrained in our younger years by the expectations of our society to stay young. We're not gonna stay young, that's not the way it works. We don't wanna stay young. But recognizing that being beyond youth is a valuable period for us, takes a lot of willingness to drop away the old expectations. And that's the blossoming. Once we're no longer held in by as prisoners to these expectations of staying young, staying beautiful, staying whatever we were in the beginning, no, we're not making babies anymore, but we're still really important people. And we have oh, a lot to give.
0: Yes. So there are, it's interesting when you say that, when I think um, we have expectations when we're younger. And then we have expectations when we're older. Um, And so what for you do you mean by going from older to elder, which is the subtitle Uh of your book? It's a biggie.
1: I believe, I see that some women in particular do just add on years. After 50, after 60... They just see themselves becoming physically less desirable, losing all the things they worked for when they were younger, but now we're we're not being mothers anymore. We may have children, but they've flown the nest. We may still work, but we don't have the same positions as before, probably. So we have a new identity. If we're willing to accept that we're not what we used to be, and that's the older part, becoming elder. Those women who don't have the willingness to go through the dark night of having to change their identity, of looking within to find a new inspiration, which is there. We all have it. But it takes a dropping away of the past. And when we're able to do that, then we're fed into the elder category. We're free of the expectations. We're free to be us. I find in myself that going through the diagnosis of multiple sclerosis a long time ago actually I was like 40 but I had to change my whole life and I couldn't work on Wall Street anymore I couldn't live in the pressure environment of Wall Street and then I worked my whole life to become that so what next this is just an example of what every woman goes through probably in the identity crisis of their elder years but for me it was I had to look around and see I can't do what I used to do Worked for my whole life to become this physician on Wall Street. I loved it, but then I couldn't. So I had to drop that, leave Wall Street. Granted, I had MS, and so I was somewhat incapable. I couldn't hold pens and write my name even, but I had to go look for another me. And I found that other me in alternative healing methods. At that time, there weren't any medicines for MS. And so I went to Native American healing rituals, which is a very strange, strange thing for somebody who's been from the heady street of my Wall Street career, where everything's, you know, cerebral. Okay, now it's not at all. The spiritual path, whether it's through Indian ritual or Sufi, which I also followed for a while, explores what we are beyond our mind. And there's a whole world of richness through our senses or through our mystical vision, if you will. It doesn't come right away. In my case, I went to this ritual world of Native American lore for a year and a half. I worked with a group and we each took the sacred medicine once a month and the rest of us supported that person. And when I took the sacred medicine, which was ayahuasca, I didn't know what to expect. Of course, we were just told by our leader, let go, go through the tunnel, don't fight it. And so I obeyed. As I was going through this tunnel of darkness and fear, I didn't allow that to take over. And then I discovered I was not really conscious. It's kind of a, it's a psychedelic experience. But I reached out to the women of the group, which I've never done before. I've always been hostile to women almost. On Wall Street, it's all men's world. So I had to live by their rules. And I wish I was a man, but now I'm reaching out to women. It was the most amazing thing. And when I came away from that experience, I didn't automatically make women friends. But over the next couple of years, I discovered I felt like I belonged, kind of, to being a woman. And it's grown over the years, over the decades since then. That's why I wrote this book for women. Now I feel like I'm a woman. I know I'm a woman, and I'm glad of it. Okay, that's enough, I guess. Well,
0: um, for a woman, is becoming an elder the same thing as feeling I am really now a woman? Yes,
1: yes, and I'm glad of it. Being able to be comfortable in our skins, not being judged to be beautiful, not being judged to, okay, I get the new movie, Barbie us, the girls, you don't have to stay young. You don't have to stay perfect. You don't have to be afraid of showing fear or even falling down. When we were younger, we never heard that message. We had to be perfect. But now we've grown a lot of decades since then. And that's the wealth of being a woman now. And being willing to accept that we're older women now. Unfortunately, a lot of women my mother's age, don't have the ability to see it. it's okay.
0: Do you think all passages, um, like going from older to elder, or however someone describes a passage, do you think they're all dark? Ah. Uh.
1: I think in most cases, there's a a period of feeling lost when we let go of what we used to be. So we don't yet know. And in that period of being feeling lost, it's dark, I think, for most of us. It doesn't have to be a long period of darkness and maybe it's not a, a real severe period of darkness. But I think going through a period of not really knowing in the darkness.
0: I'm wondering if um, it seems to me, I mean, I would think this, but I do think this. It seems to me that we are beginning to make progress in the way older women are seen. I think we're beginning to make some progress with that. Um, And um, if we are able to make progress, and if some of us who are way on the other side of young are role models for younger women of what it can be like when you're older, I'm wondering if the passage will be as difficult, or if it's just one of those things for human beings that they go through.
1: Oh, Sarah, that's a good question. I think the Having role models is so important now. And my book does give the example of six or seven women who are role models, very, very different from each other. But each of them found a whole new life after they were older. I mean, whether we're talking about the gal who used to play, teach little kids music, and then in her elder years, was sitting by the bedside of people as they're gone and giving succor to both. That individual in the family by playing music and bringing more life into the family at that moment and into that individual as he died at that moment. And that was a gift that she didn't know she had when she was a youngster. Or Jane Goodall, she was watching monkeys as a youngster. And then as she got older, we all know her story. Um, now she's protecting monkeys around the world, chimpanzees in their environments. So she's working with children and helping them develop clubs all around the world to do what they can to protect what they see needed in nature. I mean, to be that kind of ally for nature is so strong. And I think that any of us that can see that example, which is pretty unlikely in the beginning, and then we can imagine not being Jane Goodall, but the possibility of changing our lives so completely in our elder years. Being so empowered at the end. We're not as strong physically as we used to be. But there's these new possibilities what we can give to the world around us that we didn't know before. And yes, not having those models is really one of the causes of women in previous generations not having any hope at the end. One of there the- is hope.
0: One of the stories I really liked. I liked all of the stories of the women in your book, but I really liked Robbie. Oh, yes,
1: she's
0: so alive. Yes. What did you like
1: about that story?
0: Oh, it was just she had such spunk.
1: Yes, I mean
0: she just she just kept going, and then after all that, to find the thing that she really. Love doing was taking pictures of beauty salons. Uh It was just the most amazing. So anyway, in reading it, Robbie, I I just I just kept thinking about Robbie of of the women (laughs) of all those six women. What is there any one story of the of a woman that has stayed with you the most, or or do are they all just really poignant for you? Well, they're all really poignant at this point.
1: I I really love the story of. Monica Wickman, who almost died of cancer. As a younger woman, she was just in college still. And now she goes to Ireland, for instance, or Portugal, and has groups and helps them discover their inner selves through a a country, a landscape a people that are so immersed in a different culture. It helps women find themselves in a different way. And I love that story. I haven't been able to go with her but
0: I love a story. Well, they're they're wonderful stories. And so I encourage everybody to get your book and if nothing else, read the stories of these women because it's it's great fun. You know, you talk about how difficult it is to have a positive message about aging if you're a woman, probably if you're a man too, but more so if you're a woman. What advice do you give to women? I mean, it's so hard living in this society. What What advice do you give to women that you talk to to try to counteract all of the ageist messages they hear?
1: Well, first of all, it's the ageist message we give ourselves. And I think women now are willing to believe that it's possible not to live by those old rules and expectations anymore. I think supporting each other is really a gift that we can give as women to each other. And I'm seeing it in the women i talked to the, our book about. They want to blossom. They know that it's in them. And they just need to be seen as different people. And they're willing to see that too. I think it's a willingness to, to stop the, the judgments of ourselves and of each other.
0: So it's really important The people we surround ourselves with.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Right? Yes.
1: Yes. And knowing we can reach out to each other. That's what we're there for. At this point, we don't judge each other. We know that we
0: can help each other and, and be helped. You talk about many of us have a soft inner voice suggesting what we might do next. Can you talk about this a little bit? And how do I know if I'm listening to the right voice?
1: Ah, that's always a big question, I'm sure. I mean, I think any inspiration comes so, I mean, for, in most cases, it's just a quiet voice. It's a, a feeling, a suggestion from within. And if we're willing to Listen to that opportunity to search for something different, to explore in some new way. It can't be the wrong voice.
0: Yeah, I think um, we aren't, We traditionally, I don't think we've been very good at listening to our own voice. Because our own voice gets so muffled as we're growing up. Yes. And so um I th- I think it's something that we really need to think about, concentrate, and be willing to, to go into our intuition. Um and not everything will necessarily be right, but most things we can just turn around and start again, do something else.
1: That's what I'm suggesting. I find that going into nature and sitting quietly helps me turn off the voices that I don't need to listen to anymore. That aren't supportive.
0: So a woman going from older to elder, is there an age range when that typically happens or is it very individual?
1: It's very individual. As I was just saying, Monica... I think she was 40 when it happened to her, when well, she was dying and she got <laughs> free from that death sentence. I, I would, more. I mean, mostly it happens to women after their careers have ended, when they were t- retired, when the children have left home. There's a period in there that change happens, is happening. For me, it happened because I got this diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. I was only 40 for that. So it can happen at any age. But most of the women that I've had around me talking about this book, they are older women in their 60s and 70s. But no,
0: there's not a timeline for it to happen. Right. Is it, um, just from the examples you've mentioned, is it? Oftentimes or always or sometimes or whatever, the case that it takes an external event to cause the beginning Uh of the change?
1: In my research, in the women that I interviewed, that was the case. In my case, that was the case. We have to have getting shook up helps us to see that we have to change and let go of the past. I don't know how women could go through a life without having an opportunity to get shook up. I mean, people die around us. Loss is happening around us. We can just be that affected by the war in Ukraine. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can give us a lot of pain and disturbance, and that's it. That can be it.
0: Something that we don't feel we can control. I think is a key to a crisis. Right, right. So it seems so it's oftentimes something external, oftentimes, but it yes. could be just some kind of a realization or yes. a felt sense that could be. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, Karen, what's next? This this is, you're doing such wonderful work. This is a beautiful book. What's next? Well, I'm excited to be sharing
1: this book. Blossoming does seem to have an audience that is ready to come together and talk together about what they're discovering within as a result of following the prompts at the end of each chapter. And so I have a friend that just went back to Minnesota where she lives in an old people's home. And some of her friends there are gonna come together and have a class talking about the answers to our questions. I may be having a class at a church here in Santa Barbara with a friend asking those questions together. It seems like women in particular are a point where they can support each other in this time. Beyond that, I might write another book.
0: (laughs) I just have to keep writing. Goodie, goodie. What what would it be? The next
1: one, and my co-partner, Dana, who's much younger, um, supports this idea, she's excited, about being caretakers. How to help, in her case, her parents, in my case, my partner, my life partner, um, as they go through their physical challenges. We don't grow up being taught how to accept a person as they change? And knowing that that's still a person we love when they act different, how do we still love them and care for them? Those are the answers, the questions I'd like to ask. Am I brave enough to answer them yet? I don't know. Um, But it's not going to be my answers. I'm going to find the answers of others. I'll look to Ram Dass. Gosh, he went through it. I mean, there's a lot of wiser, older people than me whose work I would rely on. To quote extensively, but I think that as we're going through a period of, as women of aging, we're also going through a period of having to take care of others as they age, and there is not the medical support that we would wish for to help us through it. So I think that's the need, and it's something I'd like to explore within myself. It, it's it's a biggie,
0: <laughs> but it, each book has been a biggie. Yeah, I, again wonderful. from each one. Yeah, if we're um, I know I've not thought of this before, Karen. But it, if we're not very good with aging, we're really not good with caretaking. Most of us. Some people yeah. are born caretakers, but a lot of us. Um, are just not very good at it. And um, that would be wonderful book to write. You know, the other thing that I would like you to do, this is, I would like you also to do this. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think that a lot of the changes we are looking for, younger women need to be involved in also. And um, I really am interested in intergenerational groups where everybody talks ab- about topics that are relevant to them, um, but they hear each other talk about it. Mm-hmm. So the Younger women mm-hmm. are experiencing older women who are vibrant and alive and are doing great things. And so the younger women can see that it's not all just downhill from after 40. Yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. My co-author just had a baby. So, obviously, I'm doing this intergenerational thing right now. And it never occurred to me that I could get the kind of support I have had from her and with her. And her preoccupation with <laughs> potty training at a small person is very, very different from where I am. We can talk to each other. And I, I, I will work on that possibility of getting together with younger people in some kinds of groups. That's really a good suggestion. Yeah. Because I can yeah. see the, the difference it makes in her to be with me.
0: Yeah, it's um I'm I'm really interested in exploring that because um I think that um as we work at changing how we feel about getting older, um younger women earlier could start thinking about that it's not all awful. You know, it's not just the end. Look at these yeah. women and what they're doing. So yeah. I think, I think, I think, I, think, I it, again, I refer to the popular movie Barbie that's just out.
1: And a phrase in there that never get old, never be rude, never fall down, never show fear. The fact that that's being in the headlines in a movie that's so popular
0: among the younger girls right now. <laughs> so they're starting to become aware of. Right.
1: That I, their
0: big train. Kicking and screaming, I went to that movie. Oh, you did? I, haven't I, been went, to a... I I went with some friends and I said, oh, you guys, you're not kidding me. We're going to Barbie. Let's do something. <laughs> but we went and I loved it. And that monologue with America Ferrer, That's how do you say that? Said her that. Name, I don't know. Was yeah. One of the most powerful things I've almost ever heard on the screen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I think I read about it in the New Yorker. I mean in some magazine. I haven't seen it, but Oh, you, you must ah, see ah. it. You you must go see yes. it. Because nothing. Okay, that, well. Nothing that I mean I I have that somebody found the transcript and downloaded it. And it's and so I have that. But it you can't just she you have to see her deliver it in the circus. Okay. Okay. It's okay. Really good. Okay. Oh Karen, okay, this okay. has I'm been sorry. so much fun. We are out. We're coming to I'm sorry. Time. Okay. So, if somebody would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Well, they can go to Karen,
1: no, author Karen Roberts at gmail.com. Or go to the Blossoming of Women website. The Blossoming of Women. And they the can get
0: blossomingofwomen.com. Yes. Okay. Yes. And is it author dot Karen or just author Karen? Author Karen Roberts. Mm -hmm. Author Karen Roberts at at gmail.com. Great. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So yeah, thank you. That's that's our time today. So listeners, please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at PrimeSparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Karen Roberts. This has been great fun. and don't Thank you, Lois. Forget you can find her at roberts at gmail.com or theblossomingofwomen.com. And find her book. It's a beautiful book. Thanks Thank so. for being with us. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.